0: Hello and welcome to Small Batches with me, Adam Hawkins. I'm your guide to software delivery excellence. In each episode, I share a small batch of the theory and practices along the path. Topics include DevOps, Lean, continuous delivery, and conversations with industry leaders. Now, let's begin today's episode. I had friends over on New Year's Eve. We played one of those get-to-know-you type of games. People draw cards and choose someone to answer the question. Someone drew a card and they asked me, what's a word or phrase you said the most the last year? Two answers immediately came to mind. So in this episode, I'll share my answers and how adopting them have shaped my daily work. First, some housekeeping. I've done a bunch of work on the Small Batches website. Now you can find all the guests and their episodes on a single page. Shout out to John Willis for being the most frequent guest. Also, the most popular episodes have been updated with links to related episodes. Oh, and there's also a brand new design too. So check it out at smallbadges.fm. Second, my giveaway for a free copy of Wiring the Winning Organization ends in just two days. So if you're listening to this before February 1st, then there's still time to enter. I'm giving away free books every month in 2024. So follow me on LinkedIn to keep updated on these giveaways. Next month, I'm giving away a copy of Deming's Journey to Profound Knowledge. All right, now on to my answers. I have two. First, viable. Second, go and see. I've said viable countless times over the last year. I keep using it every day. This word changed my approach to problem solving. But why is that? Consider the dictionary definition, viable, adjective, capable of success or continuing effectiveness, practical. I picked up this word from my lean studies. There were two books in particular, Managing to Learn and Lean Product and Process Development. Both books write extensively about identifying multiple viable options. Two key words there, multiple and viable. Viable is crucial because it forces the speaker to consider the factors to succeed. Here's an example I see play out almost every day. There are two engineers deciding how to do something. One says, I have a good solution. Let's migrate the app from Kubernetes to Lambda. The other says, yeah, sounds good. Let's get started. The operative word in this exchange is good. How many times have people proposed good solutions that don't actually address the core problem or challenge. Imagine the conversation going like this. One engineer says, I have a good solution. Let's migrate the app from Kubernetes to Lambda. The other engineer responds, is that viable though? That sounds like a cost reduction play. We have a scaling problem. Also, any idea how long that would take? The first engineer pauses for a moment. Hmm, you're making me reconsider. I did not consider those things. Plus, we'd have to carve out time on the roadmap against other competing priorities. Now, I don't think this is actually a viable option. What alternatives can you think of? The point here is disconnecting ideas from their fitness for a given problem or challenge. That greatly improves the blue work of coming up with ideas and then separately assessing their viability against relevant criteria. The criteria may be cost, time, effort, bureaucracy, or whatever trade-offs there are. Thinking in terms of viability puts the ideas and their evaluation criteria on two different sides. From there, it's easy to come up with a menu of ideas and then test them for viability. This is the best way to solve problems. Let me give you another example. I have participated in multiple problem-solving exercises where I do not fully understand the core domain. This is fun for me because I suggest ideas without knowing if they're feasible, let alone viable. Bits and pieces of my ideas may be useful when combined with other ideas. This creates new options to check for viability. One last example before moving on to the second phrase. I'm in a position to assess business development opportunities. Determining viability requires multiple stakeholders, like two people turning their keys at the same time to launch a missile. This is great for me because I can use viability on one side to reduce the problem space. For example, let's say we have a six-month time horizon. If a proposed business development deal takes one year, then that's immediately not viable. There is no sense in investing entering time into spikes or probing these opportunities because they're not viable on the business side. The concept of viability allows me to goalie it before it even comes to my engineering teams. I sincerely challenge you to bring the word viable into your daily problem-solving work. You'll be surprised how different people define viability, thus making those implicit mental models explicit. Plus, it also encourages everyone to come up with a menu of viable options. So what happens if you can't determine if something is viable? Well, then you need to go and see. There is so much meaning in this short phrase. The TLDR version is go to the Gemba and observe for yourself. What? what's the Gemba? The Gemba is the place where the actual work happens. The second part is observe for yourself. You, that's you, the person with eyes, a mouth, ears, and a brain to collect the facts for yourself. Go and see cannot be delegated. Quite the opposite. requires a deep commitment to learning and curiosity to go and see while comprehending what's happening. Here's an example. One of my teammates pulls the end on cord, surfacing a problem on the website. I respond, thank you for identifying this problem. I need to go and see what the problem is. Can you show me on Zoom? This small interaction accomplishes several important things. First, it reinforces the value of identifying problems. This is a core lean tenant. The obstacle is the way stop and solve problems. Second, it demonstrates that I am interested in solving this problem by showing I want to understand the problem for myself. Third, it creates the opportunity for learning. My understanding of the problem, be it the cause or the impact, may be completely different than from my teammates. That's the opportunity to reconcile our mental models. And propagate that refined mental model forward to others who are pulled into the problem-solving. Here's a different example. I've been in many meetings where people are talking about numbers, KPIs, or any type of time series data that I simply don't understand or I want to know how they came up with those numbers. So I'll say, time out for a minute. I don't understand this. Can we go and see how you got those numbers? Then someone will open a spreadsheet or some BizOps dashboard to explain the background information. I have learned so much with this simple question. The crucial trait is curiosity. For this, I pull from one of the masters, Fujio Cho. He was a chairman of the Toyota Motor Corporation and the man behind the Toyota Way. He explained, go and see, ask why, show respect. All right, that's all for this batch. I challenge you to bring viable and and go-and-see to your Gimba. Now I need your support to keep this podcast viable. I've set up a Patreon to support this podcast and its cousin, Software Kaizen. Your support ensures I can continue producing small batches episodes just like this one, guest interviews, and long-form written content on Software Kaizen. There is only a single tier on Patreon to start. Though I will provide exclusive content for paid subscribers, but I'm not just sure what that will be yet. So, go to smallbatch.fm slash 101 for links to my Patreon and more resources on viability and -and go-and-see thinking. I hope to have you back again for the next episode. So until then, happy shipping.